You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. All right, Sean, we're starting the 15 minute timer and let's talk about something in episode nine we talked about how the left knee moves really good swings if you're a right-handed golfer. And it's it's an important topic because it really controls what the hips do, which play have a big influence on what the upper body does. So, you know, how we move the left side of the body, that lead side of the body, really makes a difference. Now, there's also the other side of the body, the trail side. And when that right knee is not working correctly, it can kind of undo all the good work that we do with the left knee. So it's an important topic to understand how that right knee should move in the golf swing yeah and you know for me personally just over the years working on my golf game and reading every single golf magazine and watching every golf video i could get my hands on even when i was growing up as a kid i think i got really off track with my swing in general with some poor concepts about how the right knee was supposed to work in the swing and you know the more that uh, Mike and I have been exposed to, to gears videos and seeing how the body moves in 3d we can actually measure these things and uh, my swing's gotten better the older I get because I have access to all this information. So um, the main issue I think that I had personally was trying to keep or gain flex in that trail knee or that right knee as I made a backswing. And I know now I was completely wrong and um, I'm still trying to undo it. In fact, I was working on my swing yesterday. I'm ha- having to be hitting it pretty good right now. I've, I've got a match coming up with my brother and I can't let him beat me. So <laughs> I'm actually starting to hit a few balls and uh and I'm trying to work the trail knee differently and it's making a massive difference in the rest of the swing. So, you know, we talk about it all the time. If you can get things kind of the lower body moving correctly, the rest of the swing tends to fall into place a little bit easier. It's funny you say that. And and we haven't talked about, like, I didn't know you had a match coming up with your brother, Yeah. but I was, I was hitting balls yesterday and it was like going okay, but it wasn't quite, you know, crisp. And I was like, let me, let me just look at my knee. What am I, what is my right knee doing? I have a tendency. I, I think we had, you know, you're from Maine. I'm from Kentucky, but I think we had very similar lessons growing up. And I was taught, you know, pretend you have a cast on your right knee at address. Uh-huh. And if you rotate the hips at all and try to keep your leg flexed, what usually winds up happening is you add flex to the right knee just because of how the hip joints move and the, and the, the rotation occurrence. So sure enough, looked on the video, boom, was adding flex in my right knee, immediately started to change that. And it, it, it was back. It made a world of difference. Just that small little tweak, because it really affects what happens above it. So I, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. Yeah. And then, you know, over the last few years, I've had access to swing catalysts and I learned a lot just from Mike, um, because he's had one longer than me, but I always had a hard time uh, kind of getting the pressure to recenter early enough and it just the flow of it just wasn't what I wanted. 
And what I realized along the way is that because I was keeping flexing my right knee or trying to all the way into the backswing, I would run out of range of motion and I would straighten it late at the top mm. of the swing when actually it should be rebending when I was straightening it. So just because of that, the fact that I was straightening it too late in the backswing, it was keeping the pressure on the back foot for too long and um, causing me some issues with how I was using the ground. So now, you know, I let that flex come out early and then rebend it as I make my um, transition. I mean, what a difference it makes in not only how the pressure moves, but my club head speed jumps um, correspondingly. So, I mean, the, the way that moves now is completely opposite than I used to move it. But again, I'm still having to work on it. And like anything else in your game that the, the habits you have always tend to creep back in. So I'm always going to have to keep an eye on that. Absolutely. And it always seems like it's the bad habits that it, the good habits we can learn. Sometimes they're harder to learn and they're easy to forget. It's always like the bad habits that we learn that are the hardest ones to get rid of. But you're exactly right. It's just something that, you know, that you'll have to keep monitoring. It's the same with myself. It's the same with my posture, having my butt too far behind my heels. That posture It's just, you learn all these things as a kid and they seem to stick with you. So it's kind of like, you know, they're the, the skills in golf are perishable, meaning that you just don't learn alignment one day and then you're good for the rest of your golf career. You have to stay on top of all these things. And the cool thing about it is though, we all have one or two elements in our swing that we'll need work on pretty much the rest of our lives. It's not a constant reinventing of, of bad habits that we, we all have kind of tendencies. And once you can recognize those tendencies, then you can really start to play some good golf because you're working on the right things. So I, th I think you're exactly right. It's, it's, you know, managing how that knee moves, it, you know, going back to episode nine, you know, how the knees move really influence the hip tilt, in the golf swing. And that's lowering that left hip, raising that right hip that creates the proper amount of that, that downhill movement that we want set up in the backswing. So we can take advantage of it in the downswing and really start to generate some cool forces into the ground. Like you said, that really help us generate club head speed and if the right knee stays too flexed, it allows the hips to turn too level. And then we start playing on the ground or even some guys play uphill in the downswing. You know, that, that left hip shoots up really high because the left shoulder is popping up really high and you're having uphill downswings. You don't generate near as much force and speed as you can if you're playing downhill. No, no that, that's, ab that's absolutely right. And, um, you know, just yesterday, again, I was hitting some balls and, I noticed that you were talking about club head speed or um, as you work the, the right knee the right way. I was struggling even to get 110 miles an hour with my driver, but as soon as I started focusing on this and doing it the correct way, my speed jumped to 118 with, with less effort, which I think is a, a good point here to make is if you feel like you're having to use a lot of effort and you're really not getting a lot out of your swing, this is a good place to look. It's like, how are you using the legs, specifically the right leg? Because when you use it the right way, like Mike said, you're able to play with a feeling of being more downhill, and, and that's going to cause you to get more like effortless club head speed. Yeah, it's it's such a good point because that's what was actually, that's what kind of triggered me when I was hitting balls. Like, this is taking a lot of work, and it's not as fast as it normally is. So something's off. When you're, when you're trying harder and not seeing the outcome, something is off. And you're exactly right. You fix that knee, get the hips tilted better, and then boom, the swing got easier and the speed got faster. And I don't know anybody out there 
who would not want that combination of, of uh, results. No, absolutely. And I want to make a point here. You know, a lot of you are not going to need this lesson. Hopefully you won't, right? And, and the reason I bring that up is because I teach a lot of really good junior golfers. And I can think of one. Um, uh, she's not a junior golfer anymore. She plays in college. But I never had to give her this lesson because I didn't teach her out of this. This is a, right. when a, when a young kid is trying to hit the ball far, they make some in, like real intuitive movements with their body to get the club going around them fast. And part of that, if, you know, like she was a good athlete. So I tried not to, you know, I, I knew what, what not to teach her, um, because I had all the bad lessons. Right. So she, in a way, she kind of got lucky having me cause I had all the bad lessons. <laughs> So I knew, you know, half the battle with teaching somebody is knowing what not to teach them. And with her, she, I was looking at her. I mean, I learned a lot from her swing. I was like, how is this girl who weighs 110 pounds swinging at 100 miles an hour? And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, she's doing something totally different with her legs and me. And I never had to teach it to her because that's what she had to do to get the club going that fast. And, you know, if I would have taught her, who knows, maybe 20 years ago, if she was, if I was just helping her on the range and we were out there and I were like, I was just giving her what I thought I knew back then. I probably would have told her to keep her right knee the same flex as it was at a dress. And I would have ruined her. So, Oh yeah. You would have just uh, passed down what you'd learned, right? I, I would have ruined her. So, um, you may not need this lesson, but you know, you can see pretty quickly, you know, you watch like a Rory McElroy, you know, he's, he, he he was never taught out of it. You can see his legs move. It's like this pumping motion with the right leg that you start mm -hmm. seeing in high level swings. And I mean, the, the club bit speed that comes out of it is just effortless looking. So you touched on the downswing knee bend. So we, 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 we covered what happens in the backswing when mm. that knee starts to straighten some. And again, I think it's worth emphasizing straightening your right knee, allowing it to straighten is not the same thing as a straight right knee. Right. You don't want to lock the joint out. Right. So typically I think our, our range for a, for most normal size human beings, there's always extremes on both ends. You're going to start at address between 15 and 20 degrees of knee bend. It's pretty much in the kind of the middle range there. You're only talking about losing four, five degrees, six degrees sometimes. And to get those four or five, six degrees, there's more effort in it than you may think. Cause what most people wind up doing is okay. I straightened, but they really didn't change anything. Or even some people actually, we can see this on gears just as plain as day. Some people will, okay, Tom, you need to straighten your right knee a little bit in the backswing. He goes, okay, that's easy enough. And he'll do it and he'll actually flex it a little bit. He just didn't flex it as much. Totally so true. You, you really want to watch yourself on video and you can see it. It's a little difficult to see on video just the nature of the video camera, but you will see it if it's straightening or if it's flexing. And like you said, that's the great place to start. Cause if you are straightening it, you know, you can go on to the next episode cause you don't need this lesson, but that's what happens in the backswing. It straightens in the backswing. Now you touched on the really key movement to really benefit you on the downswing. And that's adding that flex back in there right at the start of the downswing. Yeah. Is that, you know, I would say right before the club changed direction, that right knee is going to start rebending or reflexing as the hands come down about waist tie your knees actually be back about the same flex mm -hmm. um pressures in the left leg um, knees about the same flex you know we call that kind of the hitters platform right if you're in that spot and you've got things kind of aligned up aligned up there um that that next move is just letting the left leg straighten which we talked about in the last episode and the right one will 
will kick in some and maybe start to straighten in, like if you look at like a Rory again, right? Um, but the, the key move there is that rebending as you start down. You don't want to leave your right leg straight as you come into the downswing. And I see that sometimes. Yeah, I call the right the right leg, and we call it the whole leg, the knee, the ankle, the foot, all that is an anchor in the golf swing. If you if you drop anchor to start your downswing and that's planting that right foot down or keeping that right knee straight, you will negatively affect your ability to rotate. Oh yeah. And it really restricts your ability to get that right hip through the shot and we see it every day on gears. We see it done well and see the benefits from that. We had a uh, one of our pro girls in uh, last week who was 90 degrees open. She was 88.8 degrees open with her hips at address. An impact? You're not going to do that. Well, most human beings aren't going to do that anyway, but you're not going to get open in your downswing if you have an anchor. <laughs> no. That right foot is anchored into the ground. So you want that knee bend because that helps to pull the heel off the ground and it helps to release that right hip through the shot. And it's amazing what happens just from that rebending of the right knee that you're able to do and feel in the downswing that you may have never felt before. Yeah. And the body takes on that surf look that we talk about. If you can picture someone yeah. surfing, um, kind of down the, the wave, you know, your knees are kind of flexed and you're into the into the wave more. So you don't slip off the board. You kind of leaning in a little bit and, um, if you can get that look. That's uh, very helpful to hitting solid golf shots and the right knee has to move correctly to get that surf move. All right. So two minutes left. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a quick drill that we can do or that they can do, our listeners can do to kind of make sure their right knee is moving well in conjunction with that good left knee movement. You know, I, I think for this one, I know because I'm working on it personally, you know, I'm just taking swings slow and kind of paying attention to what I'm doing. I know a lot of times everybody's looking for like a magic drill, but sometimes just making the form and doing it correctly slowly so your brain can get around the timing of the movement so I'm just kind of making slower swings and paying attention to the feeling of when it's straightening and when it starts rebending again. And to me, that's the best way to practice this particular part of it is just kind of do it correctly and do it slowly to learn the timing. I was hoping that's what you'd say because <laughs> you're exactly right. And when you're doing these slow spins, not like take five miles an hour off. I mean, like if you're, if you're normal seven iron, let's say goes, 160. This is like a hundred, hundred yard seven iron, like super slow because you not only want to make sure you're doing that movement correctly in the knee, you also want to pay attention to where the other parts of the body are when that's happening. So you can really get a sense and a feel for this, you know, syncing all these movements up uh, because, you know, syncing up the backswing makes the downswing a thousand times easier. Yes, sir. All right. We got 47 seconds left. We're well ahead of schedule this morning. So anything else we need to add to this right knee movement? Um, no, I'll just add to the slow motion swings. You know, make full motion, slow motion swings. Don't just make yes. them half a swing. Like Try to make the full motion at super slow speed. I say it every day in lessons. You got to be able to do it full and super slow. Full motion, slow motion. Work on that and it'll help. Awesome. All right. Anything else, Sean, we need to cover before we take off? Yeah, if you know anybody or have a golfing buddy you think needs this lesson or any of these lessons we're trying to help you with in this podcast, please go ahead and share it with them and uh, text it to them, throw it in their Facebook Messenger, however you want to get it to them. But uh, we're trying to help as many golfers as we can, and you can help us do that. Awesome. Guys, we'll see you all in the next one.